Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Hello, City Church family. Thanks for joining us again today. Hope you are doing well. We are in part two of our series that we have called Time Travelers. Now, I don't know about you, but anytime I get to see a time travel movie, I always have some big existential crisis afterwards, and it's always so thought-provoking for me. Just this idea, this notion of time travel. And generally, when we are thinking about time travel, um, you know, we're, we're always trying to go back in time. We're trying to fix something, or I need to change something about myself. In any time travel movie that you watch, they always have some sort of variation of the rules of time travel, and they're not always consistent. And the reason is because nobody knows how they work, because nobody can actually time travel. But this idea, this notion, as we think about our lives, we kind of go through life sometimes and we maybe have regrets or some things that we would want to change or some issue that we would want to fix or maybe some big world issue that we would want to fix. And uh, when we think about going back in time, it's maybe an intriguing notion because why? Because I, 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 maybe I could make something better. I could maybe make something better for myself or for the world. And so we want to address this. And a lot of times we think like this because we don't actually recognize that we could be history makers right now. The things that we choose to do now, we might not know it in the time, but they can actually affect time in your life and in someone else's life in very positive ways. So we can be history makers right now in this moment of time with the choices that we are making. Now when we are thinking about our life, you know, we are all living on a timeline. We have a starting point and we have an ending point and God is outside of time that he has created time. But he wants to be with us, and he is with us at every moment of our lives, and he wants to be influencing the story that we tell, the story arc of the time that we get to live. He wants to be traveling with us through time and influencing us with the choices that we make and the things that we do and the words that we say, once again, so we can be history makers, so that we can actually make a difference in time. So as we travel through time, we're as effective as we can be. We can do all of the things that God would have us to do. And this is what we think about as it relates to having a gospel worldview, that God has accomplished something for us so that we could live constantly in every moment of time in a relationship with him so that he can be influencing this, these moments as we travel through the timeline of our lives. He can be speaking to those moments. He can be helping us to make choices. He can be influencing our ways, and then he could be in, by influencing us, he can be an influence on the world and what's happening all around us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says this, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world was made, before the foundation of time. God was doing something in Christ that it would be manifest in these last times for the sake of you or for the sake of me, for the sake of us, that God did something ahead of time, before time, so that we could actually experience life in a very specific way. Who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead 
and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So as we travel through time, as we put our trust in God, as we put our expectation in God, he can be influencing us on our timeline. Now when we think about um, time travel, one of the things that it, it always comes up in conversation and it's, it's a great conversation to have. And they would say this, people will say this, what would you tell a 16-year-old you? or a 20-year-old you, or a 30-year-old you, or a 5-year-old you, whatever. If you could go back in time and you could tell yourself something, what would you say? And th there's always some sort of knowledge that we would love to impart to ourselves. And most likely that knowledge was available to us, but we weren't aware of it, or we weren't clicking with the knowledge in that moment, or we weren't listening. But we have this desire, uh, as we think about our past, to have experienced certain knowledge. But once again, we are living right now in this moment of time. And we should have the same desire. What should I tell my now year old self? What information should I be knowing? What should I be um, experiencing? What should I be pressing in as it relates to my relationship with God so that I would allow him to influence me on my timeline? Now, when we think about what this would be, when I would go back and tell myself something, I would have knowledge in a sense of the future. I, I would know something, and, and really how we would describe this is how wisdom. So it would prepare me something for my future, that my future would look differently because I know this. If I told myself this, I wouldn't do that, or I wouldn't have dated that girl, or I wouldn't have made this choice. If we have this amount of information, and this is how we would think about applying knowledge well, and we would call it wisdom. And this is, you know, just a great, I have a couple of definitions of wisdom for you today. Um, and it's this, successfully applied knowledge that becomes wise embodied choices. So taking the knowledge that I have, once again, from my relationship with God and experiences that other people would have and just looking and learning from the world, that I would take all of this and then I would apply that so that they could become wise in the things that I do, the way I live my life, that the embodied choices that I have, they're going to be effective on the timeline as I travel through time, as I go from here to there, from the beginning of my life to the end of my life but I want to walk out the wisdom that God has for us. I want to embody what those choices would be. Here's a couple other definitions of wisdom, very practical things. Wisdom is technical skill of the artisan, the art of government. And right now, everybody's got an opinion on the art of government and how people are governing in a pandemic. And people are like, no, this is not how you govern in a pandemic. Here's a clue, you don't know either. Nobody has the experience. We couldn't go back and tell ourselves in time, this is how you deal with the pandemic because this is the information we need. Now we might know a few years down the road, looking back at what we would do. But let's take it easy on our criticism of people who are making very difficult choices because they are making these choices a lot of times in a vacuum, free information today. Let's be careful how we criticize people who are making choices. The art of government. Now this doesn't just apply to government elected leaders, this is how we would operate in our lives and our workplaces of work. How am I governing? How am I leading? How would I apply wisdom there? It is also this, simple cleverness. This is what wisdom is. Especially the practical skill of coping with life and the pursuit of a lifestyle of proper ethical conduct. 
all of those things are wisdom that I would want to know so that I, I would want to know what to do and how to act and what to say so that as I travel through time, the story that God is telling through the arc of my life would be an effective one. It would be a history-making one. Because God wants, to be, wants you and I to be influencers. He wants us to be influential in the world that we are living in right now. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do that with the wisdom of God. <clears throat> now, when we think about imparting wisdom, you know, to the next generation, there, there would always be this hope for my generation that we would eradicate a certain phrase from our parenting vernacular. But it is almost impossible to do because it is just so good. You know, when, when I heard my parents say this, I hated it. But Nicole and I use this, and we really don't have a better phrase. And the reason we don't have a better phrase is because we don't take time to think of a better phrase. So maybe... Uh, all of the kids following us, maybe you can come up with a better phrase because we had this discussion last week, you know, in our home and the discussion goes something like this. The parenting discussion, your child is telling you, all of my friends are doing this. And parents, you know what you say to them. Put it in the chat before I say it. What is it? If all of your friends were going to jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge as well? Now we can't, we don't, we don't have anything better. We don't have a better phrase right now. Maybe the generation to follow, you'll come up with a better phrase, but right now that's all we got. If you're going to jump off a bridge, if all of your friends were jumping off a bridge, and so what are we saying with that? Just because that's the knowledge that your friends have doesn't mean that there's other options. It doesn't mean that there's not better wisdom out there. And this should be our goal, finding the best wisdom for the moment. And this is who God is to us. As we go along the timeline of life, what we want to travel through time with us is the wisdom of God. Now, when we think about knowledge, you know, we can gain knowledge. And, there's, and this is a broad way to say it, but there's kind of two different types of knowledge. And it's helpful if we have these types of knowledge in their proper context because they're both very, very helpful. And it would be this. We have scientific knowledge. We have observing the material world and the study of all created things. And thank God for science. Science is a wonderful thing. We should never, as believers, be nervous about science because all science is going to do is observe and learn about the created world. So no discovery of science is going to do away with the knowledge of God or do away with God himself. And so we have another type of knowledge. We have the type of knowledge of the narrative of scripture. And that tells us the story of how we should be in this world. How God has made a way for us to have a relationship with him, others, and our surroundings. And these two types of knowledge are not at odds with each other. They don't replace each other. There's no reason to do away with the narrative of Scripture just because we have science. And, and, and vice versa. Both of these are very effective and, and important types of knowledge. And so what we want to do is we want to take all of the knowledge that's available to us on the timeline of life so that we can live history-making lives. And this idea that we would want to share knowledge with our past self is so much of what the scripture is. It's so much about the narrative of life. And specifically, the book of Proverbs is all about instructions. It's all about having wisdom, learn something from the past where other people have done, mistakes people have made, successes people have experienced, and then implement those things in your life and my life. So in this, I encourage you, you know, there's 31 Proverbs. 
you can read a proverb a day, and then on the days, on the months that there's 30, you can read an extra one. But just going through the book of Proverbs, you will discover wisdom for life. Now, I'm just going to read you a portion of uh, Proverbs 1, and we're going to see afterwards what questions this proverb is asking us about the knowledge and how, about knowledge and how we are applying it. Proverbs 1, verse 1, it says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now Solomon was famous for being the wisest man that had ever lived. Verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction, understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Verse 6, for understanding Proverbs and parables. This is what we have in the scripture. We have Proverbs and then we have stories. The stories that, that Jesus told, the parables that he told, and then also the story of the scripture, the narrative in the scripture. All of these stories that we get to read in the scripture, they're two things. They're what to do and then what not to do. How to live our lives, how to be in this world. The sayings of riddles of the wise. Verse 7. Now listen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, so here's a story. If they say, come along with us, let us lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush this harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave <coughs> and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us and we will share the loot. My son, do not go along with them and do not set foot on their path. So there's a bunch of wisdom, thoughts about knowledge, how to apply it, how to use it there, just in those few verses we read. Now I encourage you, read the whole proverb. There's a lot of great things in there. But here are some of the questions that are being asked to us as it relates to knowledge here in those, in those verses. Am I looking for the right knowledge right now for my spot on the timeline? What knowledge am I seeking after? The scripture talks about that we should be leaning, inclining our ear to what God is saying to us. So right now on my timeline, birth, death, wherever you are on that timeline, wherever you are in this moment of life, are we seeking after the knowledge that we need right now? What is it that I need to be learning right now? What is it I need to discover right now? so that I can be who God is calling me to be on the timeline. He's speaking to me every moment on the timeline. He's offering to me his wisdom. Am I going after it? Or am I like, eh, I'm good, I've got it all figured out. I've got life all figured out. I've got all these, discovered, these discoveries figured out. I've got, I understand all things. No, this, this idea of seeking after knowledge, seeking after the way to live. Is such an important thing for the Christ follower because Jesus calls us his disciples, which means learners, which means we don't have it all figured out. We don't know everything yet. And that should be a humble place, a humble place that I can constantly learn and grow. I haven't got it all figured out. 
seeking after the knowledge I need right now in this season of my life. What do I need to understand is another question that we can see in these verses. What that, what's happening in the world? What's happening with the people that I'm in relationship with that I don't actually get? That I haven't got it all figured out? What do I need to understand in this moment? What is it that I think I understand, but I don't, but I know I don't, and there's more knowledge to discover there. What do I need to understand right now? Here's another question. How am I behaving right now? Or, here's a question similar to that, how did I behave? So here in my timeline and wherever I'm here, how am I behaving in this moment? What am I doing with my actions and my words? How am I acting in this moment? And then how did I behave? Looking back at the past at some of the things that I've done, considering those things, is that how I want to continue to be on my timeline? As I travel through time, is that the best way to be? Is that the best way to act? Consider that. Think about that. And then here's another question we see in these verses. To whom am I giving my knowledge or wisdom? Who is it that's coming after me that's younger than me that needs to know what I know? That's what these verses are asking us. That we would have this heart for somebody coming after us. Somebody older than us knows more about life than us. And so we have to be humble enough to ask those questions. What about this? What did you do in this situation? How did you do this? What, what do you think about this choice? And then what can we do? We can gain from their timeline. We can gain from that time traveler. Why? Because they've traveled more time than us. So if we're wise, we're going to say to somebody who's further down the road with us, help me out. But then the same is also true. Who am I reaching back and helping? Who am I imparting my lessons to? I've learned this by making good choices. I've also learned this by making bad choices. Let me help you out with that. So there's humility in there. Who am I imparting my knowledge to? <coughs> Another big important question in here is, am I fearing God? And I love this. This question is such an important question, which means this. There's knowledge and understanding beyond me and what I know right now. And I am not the container of all knowledge and all wisdom at this moment. And if I fear God or if I reverence God, I know that there's something more. I know there's something more from God for me. I haven't got everything all figured out. I'm in a humble place. And then also, a really big question, this whole last story that we read about is who am I allowing to influence me? Is it just culture? Is it just movies? Is it just Netflix right now? Is it just TikTok? Is it just Instagram? Who am I allowing to speak into my life? And what are they telling me? Because why? Here in, in, the, in the, the parable, in the story, in the proverb, it's like, hey, if somebody's doing this, don't go with that person. If they're acting like this, don't do what they're doing. So who am I allowing to speak into my, my life? Who am I allowing to form my thoughts? It's a really big, really important question. It's, a, it's always a question for parents as it relates to your children and their friends. How are their thoughts being formed by their friends? And then for us as adults, who's forming my thinking? Is it just the news? Do I uh, allow all of that to dictate everything that's in my brain and how I think and how I perceive life and my worldview from a certain news channel? Or am I allowing the wisdom of God 
the eternal wisdom of God to influence how I think and see the stories from the scripture and see how uh, things have changed but things are still the same, how people act and think. And so we need to allow the words of God to speak to me and change the way I think. Am I listening to wise people? So we should desire to embody this attitude, this attitude of discipleship. So we would know what to think and what to say and how to act and then finally what to pursue. What should I pursue? These are the important questions of wisdom. Now Solomon, as we just mentioned there, who's famous for being wise. Here's a, a story from his life as king of Israel and something that he did in 1 Kings chapter 3. And it says this, Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said to him, Pardon me, Lord, this woman that I live in, this, that I live in the same house and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. So we have two women who are prostitutes and they both have children. And this woman is coming to explain now her complaint. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. Terrible situation. This one mother smothered her child. Verse 20, so she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. So she switched the babies because she had mistakenly killed her own child. Verse 21, the next morning I got up to nurse my son but he, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, I saw this was not the son that I had born. Verse 22, the other woman said, no. The living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. And so what are we going to do? How are we going to resolve this? There's no cell phone cameras. There's no security footage of this moment. It's a she said, she said. And we've got to try to figure out the wisdom of this moment. What am I going to do? How am I going to make this choice? How am I going to adjudicate this situation? Because I don't know what happened. This is what Solomon did. The king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king and he gave an order, cut the living child in two and give it half to the one and half to the other. Now this is a really bad actual practical solution. But what is Solomon trying to get here too? We'll see <coughs> in verse 26. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of the love for her son. And said to the king, please, Lord, give her the, ba the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither nor you shall have cut him, cut him in two. The king then gave his ruling, giving the baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. So by choosing this, he was able to discover who the real mother was. Now, he was never actually going to cut the baby into, but it was a way of discovering what was the right choice in this moment. Verse 28, when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw what wisdom he had from God to administer justice. 
So wisdom was discovered by this very specific way. Now, is the way we discover all wisdom, get me a sword and get me a baby? No, this is not the solution to all things. But here in this moment, this was the solution to this problem. And this is what we need to know with God who's traveling along with us on our timeline. He has the solutions for us. He has the choices for us to make. Why? Because he wants us to be history makers along our timeline. So here's a prayer for wisdom for us from found in James chapter 1 verse 5. It says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, which is all of us, we don't have all knowledge. We lack it. You should ask God, <coughs> who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So here is a prayer for wisdom. And what's so great about this wisdom, God gives wisdom and he doesn't find fault. It's like, oh, I've made a really bad, stupid choice. And somewhere along our timeline, we're going to have made a really bad, stupid choice. But in that moment, in our timeline, we don't want to travel with us through time more and more bad choices, more and more bad choices. What do we want? We want and should desire the wisdom of God. So what should we do? We would ask. And God's not going to find fault looking at the past in our timeline and say, no, I'm not going to give you wisdom because of all of the mistakes that you've made. No, in that, minute, in that moment, what does he do? God gives generously to all. And this should be our desire. God, I want your wisdom right now, today, in this moment, for where I am, for who I am, for what I'm doing. So as I travel through time with you, I can be making the choices that you would have me to make. I can be making the difference that you would want me to make. I can understand what you want me to understand. I can find solutions to problems that nobody else can find. Why? Because you are giving me wisdom. Last verse, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says this, But you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. You have been anointed by God. And why? So that, so that hey, we have knowledge. We have knowledge from God. The, the King James says, I have an unction from the Holy One so that I would know all things. That I, have, I would have an inside track because I have the Spirit of God upon me. That's what anointed means. It means to have something rubbed on you. I have God's Spirit on me so that I can have the knowledge I need right now. I desire it. I pray for it. I ask you, God, for it. But then I have an inside track. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit with me. I have the Holy Spirit upon me. And He's giving me the knowledge right now. He's giving me the understanding I need right now, the choices I need to make, the things that I need to figure out, the things that I need to pursue. God is giving those things to us in this moment. So man, what do we have? We have been anointed by the Holy One. So what should we do? Just in the simplest of ways, we need to pause for the prompting. What does that mean? It means pause for what God is leading us to do because we could be rash and we can make fast choices and we could do this and we could do that and we could do the other. But what is God leading us to do right now in this moment? I need to pause 
for the prompting. Because God is with us as we travel through time. Every moment on our timeline, God is infusing it with his wisdom. So what do I need to do? I need to pause for the prompting. God, what is it that you're speaking to my heart? What is it that you want me to understand in this moment? What is it that you're wanting me to pursue? Why? Because you have been anointed by the Holy One and you know what you need to know because God gives it to you in this moment. Let's just pray. God, we just thank you for your wisdom. We ask, Lord, for your wisdom that you give it to us, that you don't hold it back, that you are giving it to us liberally. And so, God, our desire is to think what you would have us to think and say what you would have us to say and understand what you would have us to understand and pursue what you would want us to pursue. Lord, our desire, God, is for you. We thank you for your wisdom today as we travel through time. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are joining us today and you feel like you have never taken the first step in your relationship with God, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. You know, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, what God has accomplished through Christ so that we can actually have a relationship with him. And that relationship comes as a gift. It only comes as a gift. We can't try to offer God a measure of us being perfectly moral people because we aren't. We can't create some sort of religion and then offer it to God and say, God, look what I've created and I give it to you. No, God offers us something and all we have to do is say yes. So if that's you today, you've never taken that first step in your relationship with God by making Jesus the Lord of your life, I invite you to pray along with me here in a second. Or maybe you're watching and you feel like, you know what, I used to be close to God, but a bunch of things have happened to me and I really feel distant from God. You pray along with me as well. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross, and you raised him from the dead so that I could have a relationship with you. So today I say yes to that relationship. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I call you my Father. God, I purpose to follow after the wisdom of your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.